Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Cam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. Hi, I'm Renee, she's Tam. Hello, Renee. How are you today? <laughs> I am fantastic. <laughs> I don't know where that voice came from, but <laughs> I know you wasn't ready for that one, huh? I wasn't. You got me though. Oh, you know what? I just thought we would keep the show fresh. I want to excite you. So I gave you my sexy voice. I don't know. <laughs> Is that- <laughs> I don't know. Wait, was that a sexy voice? Or was uh, it that sounded a... more like a librarian. Hey, keep your keep your voice down. You're talking too loud. Kind of voice. <laughs> okay, that's my uh, get with it voice. I don't there you know. Go. Get, get, get with it. <laughs> okay, well let's get with some NASCAR talk. But as always, before we start our NASCAR talk. Let's talk about the weekend. Oh, and before we even get into the weekend, this is going to be a very different show than we usually do because this episode is going to be all about your favorite driver, as in my favorite driver, Renee's favorite driver. And we had some of our fans chime in and let us know who their favorite drivers are. So we're going to let you know about that a little later in the show. But first, as always, it is time for hashtag where is Renee? So where were you this weekend, Renee? My goodness, where wasn't I this weekend? I was actually in town. I was actually in Southern California in the LA area, but it seemed like I was all over the place. Saturday night, I had a I had a show in North Hollywood, and I want to just thank everybody that came out to the show, friends of mine and, and uh, other friends in the medical field that, that hadn't seen me perform in a while. They all came out to support me, and I really appreciate that. And I had so much fun. And then Come Sunday, I got up real early to watch these soccer games. I got up early to watch Mexico put a whooping on that Germany butt. And I was just like, oh, my God, what an upset that was. But I had so much fun. And then right after that, I went to go have brunch with my stepdaughters and uh, some of their family. And that was so nice to see them and listen to some mariachi music that I don't really listen to very much. But I like it. I enjoyed it. And I I was just all over the town that that day, just going from place to place and uh, bar to bar. and. Yeah, let's keep it it. real. You was going from bar to bar because what I saw on Instagram was bar to bar. I didn't see any celebration with the family and the stepdaughters. Yeah, it was just just bar to the bar. I didn't take any videos or pictures with my stepdaughters, but they were there. But as a matter of fact, I uh, texted her. I texted my oldest stepdaughter who's in town. She's stationed out in uh, Hawaii because she's in the Marine Corps. But she had this big old camera, like the one you the the one you, you usually use when you're out at the tracks. She was taking all these pictures, and I was like, "Send me some of those pictures because I want to post them on there." Because nobody thinks that, that I'm telling the truth. I'm like, they they don't think you were there. They just think I was out getting drunk and hammered. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought. So until I see a photo, that's what I'm gonna continue to believe. How was your weekend? My weekend was nice and chill. I don't think I did anything aside from go to the gym. Yeah, but I just wanted to relax. I don't even recall watching too much TV. I think I was probably just messing around, hanging out on the internet. I have like a lot of real work to do. Oh, well, at least it was productive. Yeah, I don't recall doing anything. Now that I think about it, like I, it's just all a blur. Are you trying to tell us that you were boring this past weekend? <laughs> I think we've already established that I don't have a life. 
That's probably why when I get on this podcast, it's all about hashtag Tam's rant because yeah. I just feel the need to let it all out. But let it yeah, all no, out. pretty quiet weekend. I was happy that not much was happening this weekend. To be honest, you guys know we are true NASCAR fans, but I welcomed the break. I don't know how else to say it. I was damn happy about the break. Yeah. But the break is over and it is time for some NASCAR talk. Like I said, we're not going to do our regular show. We're just going to talk about our favorite driver because you know what? I just feel like it wasn't much going on. Actually, the only thing that did happen that was notable, I mean, obviously we were racing in Iowa, not Cup Series, but the other series that the trucks race this uh, weekend as well as Xfinity. But as you guys know, we don't really cover truck and Xfinity on this podcast. Occasionally we do, but that's not our focus. But there was some pretty interesting things that did happen. Not too much, but just really quick. We're not even going to jump into it. Apparently, Kyle Larson responded to some type of question about who's his favorite football team. and. His reply was any team that stands for the national anthem. Oh, Larson was getting a little political there, huh? We don't get too political on this show, so I'm not even going to touch that one way or the other. But Nick Broomberg from Yahoo Sports, who has a tendency to touch on these type of topics, he wrote a long article about it, and he actually tweeted about it and just I don't even want to dissect the article. It is available if you guys want to read it. But he did chime in on Twitter when he posted the article and said, bottom line, I hope Larson's tweet doesn't rekindle the stereotypes that wear the butt of mainstream jokes the last time prominent NASCAR figures opened up on the protest. NASCAR doesn't need Colbert joking about Bubba Wallace getting pulled over again. Again, Nick tackles these type of topics. Not that we don't have an opinion. It's just that that's not what we're here for. We are here as a form of escapism, if that's a word. And we want to stick to NASCAR and keep it light and fun. But just wanted to chime in because that people had something to say. He also went on to say, and this is Nick Broomberg over at Yahoo Sports. He also went on to say, I also want to point out again that NASCAR drivers used to not stand for the anthem before races, how unpatriotic they were. Right. NFL players didn't used to stand either. People don't stand when they're at home. At least I don't think they do. But again, I don't want to talk about that. Did you want to chime in on that? All I'm going to say about that is that I see where he's coming from and he was trying to be in the middle, as they say. And I don't know who they is, but just they meaning people who don't want to give a right or wrong answer because they feel like whatever answer they're going to give, they're going to get some backlash from it. But the answer he gave obviously got backlash a little bit anyway. So and anytime that you you answer a political question like that, regardless of what sport you are in, I don't think it's a win-win situation at at all. I think it's a lose-lose situation. I think media sometimes just has that they maybe they feel like they have to ask those questions. And but I it wasn't a question asked to him. And I guess that's kind of where Nick is going, not to cut you off, Renee. But the question was, who was your favorite NFL team? That's right. I'm sorry about and that. And Kyle yeah. Larson chimed Kyle Larson in. was the one who actually made made the political answer. Yeah, because I right. guess it happened during a Twitter 
question and answer. And it was an impromptu question. Who's your favorite NFL team? And he chimed in and said, any team that stands for the national anthem. Yeah, I understand. He made it political. And that's what Nick is saying. Like, hey, let's not bark up that tree again. Yeah, no kidding. Now now that I understand, I'm sorry, I I misunderstood the quote. And uh, but now that I understand what the question was and what his answer was, he probably could have given a better answer than that. Surely he has a a favorite football team. uh, But and maybe he doesn't. Tam, I don't know. I, I don't know if he watches football on Sundays. Most of the time he's racing, too. I understand that. From a football standpoint of view, because like, I'm a football fan, of course, I would have said, you know, hands down, Dallas Cowboys, and that, that's my team. Now, Oh, God, let it breathe. Would, <laughs> would I have said something like that? Of course not. I would have never even said any of that. I think you're right. I mean, why do we need to open up that wound all over again? Like, you know, it's bad enough that the NFL is going through that by itself. I don't think they need help from NASCAR or NASCAR drivers, if you want my personal opinion. Exactly. Well, let's leave that to rest. On a side note, really quickly, shout out to your Houston Astros, because from what I saw, and I'm not a person who follows baseball, but I am aware of what's going on in most sports, whether it's golf, whether it's football or baseball, the Houston Astros were on a 10-game winning streak, and it was a 10-game away stretch. So basically, they played 10 games on the road where they won all 10, and that hadn't been done in like so many years. So shout out to Renee's Houston Astros. And actually, it was was, they won 9 out of 10 on the road. Oh, it was 9 out of 10. I actually thought they won 10. It was 9 out of 10. They eventually won 11 in a row, but Right before we started this podcast, I was watching the end of the game and they were trailing the entire game and they won it in the bottom of the ninth and to make it 12 games in a row. I was just beside myself. I I was jumping around like an eight-year-old kid again. I was hooping and hollering, jumping on my bed. And I'm watching the game on my phone, by the way. And I think that's why my voice is a little a little horse. I was just jumping around in my in my bedroom as if I was actually at Minute Maid Park in Houston, Texas. Okay, it, it so Renee, help me thing. understand. I'm confused. So at this point, have they won 11 in a row or 12 in a row? Oh, uh, I believe it's 12 in a row now. I will double check on that before the podcast is over. I will double check, but I believe that it's 12 in a row. Yes, it is 12 okay. in a row. I just checked it and Tam, it is officially 12 in a row. Okay, well, shout out to the Houston Astros. And shout out to Dell Jr. because Dell Jr. NBC, NASCAR on NBC, they announced that the Dell Jr. download is going to debut as a TV show this week, this Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on NBC Sports Network. I don't know how many people have NBC Sports Network, but I'm sure every NASCAR fan that has it that's at home at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is going to watch Dale Jr. download right after NASCAR America. Right. I will probably be watching, or actually, no, I won't be watching because 5.30 Eastern Standard Time is the time that I'm usually watching my guys over at PTI on ESPN. If you guys don't know, know now. Partner Interruption is the best sports program That is on TV, hands down. I don't care what anybody says. And I watch a lot of sports shows, whether it's Colin Coward on Fox, who I actually enjoy. I watch Undisputed with Shannon 
and Skip Bayless on Fox. I watch Sports Nation on ESPN. And I love Mike, my guy Mike, and Tony Kornheiser on Partner Interruption. I could watch Pardon the Interruption all day. Oh, my goodness. Them two. It's Tony who cracks me up, to be honest. But and speaking of Tony, as in Tony Stewart. So I guess the only other thing that we're going to talk about is our favorite drivers. Yeah. Before we jump into our favorite drivers, we want to let you guys listen to a few of our diehard friends. Or I don't know. Can you say diehard friends? Well. We'll say diehard fans of the show who happen to be friends. There they you go. have chimed in to let us know who their favorite driver is. And we'll let you guys take a listen to that right now. We had Kenny Lee, user at Front Row Kenny on Twitter. He chimed in with his favorite driver. We also had Justin. Schuller, and I always say Justin's name wrong, and I feel bad because he is married to my friend, and it's just one of those last names. It's got, I guess it's kind of like my first name. It's like, what? Because you guys do know Tam is short for something else, but I'm not going <laughs> to tell you guys because you don't need to know that. But Justin's user on Twitter is at J, and his last name is spelled S-C-H-U-O-L-E-R. And then the other person who chimed in, and I shouldn't say other person because Cliff is our friend. He's a friend of the show. Cliff is from Right Size Only Radio Racing Podcast. Cliff, username on Twitter, on the Twitter, is at Over the Wall Race. So without further ado, we'll let you guys take a listen to their favorite drivers. Hey, Tammy Renee, it's Kenny. Always love listening to All Turns, No Breaks. Hope you guys are doing well. First off, I just want to say happy Father's Day to my father. He's the one that started this connection with the driver I'm getting ready to tell you guys about. So I'm a big NASCAR, I'm a big NASCAR fan, as you all know. And Jeff Burton was my favorite driver for a long, long time, all the way up until he retired. As a kid, I grew up watching um, Jeff Burton. Pretty cool to see him win races. Didn't win a championship, got close a couple times, but you know, that connection is really thanks to my father, who actually went to high school with Jeff Burton. And that's kind of how our connection got started. And I really became a deep fan of the sport. Love that XI car, that um purple and black car was one of the best looking cars on the grid every single weekend throughout the 90s. And I definitely got to say it was one of the hallmark moments in my life being a Jeff Burton fan. And ironically enough, it kind of led me to what now is somewhat of a career in NASCAR right now. So it's kind of crazy how that works. And I just got a chance to meet Jeff in Daytona last year. So that was a pretty cool moment. But Jeff Burton is definitely one of my favorites. Always will be. Um, he may have not been a championship, a championship contender every single year, but he always gave his all. And it was also always cool to watch a South Boston, Virginia native and somebody that my parents knew and kind of grew up with. And also another thing, my father, his father worked for Jeff Burton's dad. So, you know, the family connection, once again, is probably one of the coolest things. And I think it's one of my favorite stories I'm able to tell about um a driver and the one that I always will have a connection with no matter what. So that's another reason why <laughs> I'm always excited for the NBC portion of the season because I get to hear Jeff Burton still talk and still see him around the sport. So I think that's a really cool deal. And that's kind of why Jeff Burton is my favorite driver. 
Hey, so my vote for my favorite driver right now is Ryan Blaney. My reason being is he's very old school and this sport still needs some old school drivers in it. Uh, you've also got a lot of other uh, young kids who are very enthusiastic about the sport, who uh, utilize a lot of social media, definitely living in the 21st century, but still have that 20th century attitude. Uh, some of those names come to mind are like Cole Custer, uh, Noah Gragson being big, especially uh, <laughs> definitely being a jokester at times. Um, but overall, across all three series right now, the one that I think is solidified as far as the old school young guy, definitely Ryan Blaney. Uh, he knows how to be quiet, yet work hard and produce. Um, I think that's another huge point of factor that he is old school. Uh, a lot of guys back in the day used to just kind of be quiet, stay, stay shut up kind of thing and work on their cars. If they finish sixth, they want to know why didn't I finish fifth? And that's exactly what Ryan Blaney does. I think it was a great move that he started with the Wood Brothers being very iconic old school team matched perfectly with him. Um, and having him now move over to Penske, I think is another great move. Um, you know, and I think that is going to be a very long-term relationship right there. I don't see Ryan Blaney uh, going anywhere else. I think him, Roger Penske, and even the Wood Brothers, uh, all three of them have a fantastic relationship. I think Ryan Blaney gets along great with his teammates. He fits in well at that organization, and I think that's going to be a very long-term investment for that group. So you better watch out because Ryan Blaney is definitely going to be winning some championships here in the future, uh, and obviously not just one win at Pocono. Um, he's definitely got a lot more coming in the bag. And who knows if that team definitely finds that switch to get him those couple more spots that he needs, having an average of a top five, top ten finish almost every weekend. Um, you're going to see him win a couple races this year and be a threat for that championship. So if they can find that switch, he could be that fourth driver to challenge Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Busch, and Kevin Harvick for that championship this year. Good morning, all turns, no breaks. This is Cliff, and it's no secret that I'm a big Brad Keselowski, Team Penske number 2 Ford, Miller Lite fan. So it's really a good question when you ask people, how they became a fan of a particular driver. And I've always, to be honest with you, mine kind of stems back from uh, Kenseth leaving uh, Roush, which ironically he returns to. Uh, but when he went over to Joe Gibbs Racing, I was looking for a new driver. Matt was kind of wearing me out, wasn't really seeing much forward momentum, seeing the move over to Gibbs, knew that he was going to be in a much better situation there, but still kind of just kind of lingered in in his performance. So anyways, my driver, Brad Kozlowski, I chose him uh, after 2012, obviously, after winning the championship, but that's really where I started paying attention to the guy. And where I really started picking up on Brad becoming a favorite of mine was uh, really in his driving style. You know, I'm sure a lot of, uh, a lot of people uh, view racing and performance on the track a lot differently. But from what I see, you know, week in and week out, I can kind of pick up on how Brad moves his way through the field. And it's all strategy. Everybody's playing strategy. So there's no exception there except for the fact that he always comes across very methodical. Everybody rants and raves about the crew chief and driver pair ups that are out there and how good those are. And Paul Wolf and Brad Kozlowski. I mean, Brad is certainly a much bigger mouthpiece than than Paul Wolf is uh, in social media or online or wherever else you may run across him. But 
that duo of those two and the risks that they're willing to take in the off strategy calls that they make at times and how they go about it. And, you know, many times I think they know that they can't save themselves sometimes, but they're willing to go for it. And I like that. But Brad's very calculated. And there's several drivers out there that I see that kind of are very patient, you know, uh, listening to Brad on the radio at times, you know, you can hear him losing his mud over how the car's handling or whatever. And that certainly probably creates a contentious situation. But Brad as a driver, I think he's very calculated. He's very patient. He's very methodical. He's, um, I just like to watch the guy to see how he moves through the field and gets himself up front and ultimately wins. That's the driver side of Brad that I appreciate. Then we come over to the personal side and to me, Brad, you know, exemplifies what I think is good about the sport. There, you know, he's outspoken. He's a leader. He gets himself involved in, in conversations that, you know, he cares about where the sport is moving and how he can make an impact considering his role in the sport and that sort of thing and, and using those capabilities to kind of propel and move the sport forward. So I appreciate Brad on uh, that side as well for the impact that he makes on the sport. The final part is just him as a person. You know, I was fortunate enough to shake his hand and, you know, it was kind of a funny thing when I was out at Auto Club and he showed up at my camp spot. But getting to stand there for a few minutes and actually talk to the man about whatever, you know, he was very cordial. We've all seen that, how he reaches out and reacts with his fans on social media and that sort of thing. And we all appreciate that. But it is a big deal. I think fans appreciate that. He's willing to take his time personally, go out, spend time with the fans, just get to know them. You know, obviously his gratefulness towards the armed services and folks that have served our country is huge. You know, pulling the American flag, doing a burnout is huge. I just think all the way around, he's he's a great guy. Now, is he a Clint Boyer? No. Is he a Kevin Harvick? No. But that's the thing too, is, you know, some of these drivers, people are or gravitate towards for all kinds of different reasons. Some could be purely just driving. Some could be purely just attitude. But I think overall, this is really what, you know, sparks interest for a lot of fans out there is just finding their favorite driver, finding the personality that they most align with and getting behind the message out there in terms of that driver and what they're doing in the sport, whether it's on the track or outside of the track, whether it's their foundations or where they spend their their time and that sort of thing. So anyways, Brad's my favorite driver. I'm looking forward to hear other people's feedback. Appreciate you guys uh, reaching out to fans out there, trying to get this stuff communicated and, and get some content for your show. It's awesome. Wish you guys the best of luck. Oh, wow. You know what, Renee? It was so great hearing those guys talk about their favorite drivers. Yeah, it really was. They had some really good intake about it. I I thoroughly enjoyed that. Okay. So now I got to ask you, Renee, who's your favorite driver? Well, this probably won't be no secret, especially to you. I used to say that uh, my driver and who I like the best is just somebody who I connect with, who I see that is just somebody that I really, really look at and look at their professionalism and whatnot. And I'll be honest with you, Dale Jr. was really always one of my favorite drivers. And I fell into that whole Dale Jr. from Dale Sr. kind of thing. The last couple of years, I have really, really been, and if you go back and listen to the podcast of any of our podcasts, all the 87, 86 episodes we've done, I've talked a lot about Jimmy Johnson. He is by far probably, I'm going to say my favorite driver as of to date for the last over a year and a half, close to two years. And I'll tell you why real quick. The one time that we actually met him at Daytona last year, 
really kind of solidified it for me. But I was already really enjoying him before that. I don't know what it was about his work ethic. I don't know what it was about his um, the way he carries himself as far as when it comes to the sport itself. And I remember we talked about this on the podcast several times, but he's just one of those guys that you you automatically think or you just automatically know he's going to be there at the end of the day. At the end of the day, you know that the 48 is going to be in the mix, whether it's for the playoff or the championship itself, or walking away with the championship itself. And I just love the way that he has handled himself, his family, the whole the, the whole enchilada. I mean, he has somehow managed to enjoy his family, but also enjoy his career at the same time. You know, when we met him and got to have that little interview, you remember that? I don't know if you remember that, Tam, where we were. Of course all, I remember all got, that. But that yeah. wasn't my first time interviewing Jimmy Johnson. But yeah. But it, it sure was mine. And I just couldn't stop smiling from ear to ear, Tam. And I just really thoroughly enjoyed his personality. And he was very approachable. Um, he wasn't standoffish. I thought he had a very good I guess, vibe about himself. And, and, and I'm kind of like that where I want people to approach me. I don't want people to be scared or standoffish to me because I don't, as a performer and as an entertainer myself, I want people to come talk to me and I don't mind. Uh, I mean, now you get a little weird now and that's, that's something different, but he was just one of the most professional athletes that I've ever interviewed. Or I've ever talked to or been around, uh, not just from a, an athlete point of view, but just from a regular human being standpoint, just one of my favorites. So Jimmy Johnson and Dale Jr., my top two, but if I had to pick one as of right now, Jimmy Johnson just is my favorite driver as of right now, if we're talking about drivers still driving. Okay, I give you Jimmy, and I I knew you were going to say Jimmy because I remember last year, every week you picked Jimmy to win. Like <laughs> That's true. I that's sure what a diehard fan. I sure as hell did. That's what a diehard fan does. Yeah, exactly. Okay. You already know, I alluded to it before we just listened to some of our friends tell us their favorite driver, Tony, Tony, Tony. Honestly, I fell in love with NASCAR simultaneously when I discovered Tony. And again, like I had watched NASCAR, but it was just a little different. Like, I'm gonna be honest, like I wasn't or have not been a diehard NASCAR fan for 20 years. I pretty much have been a diehard, can't go a Sunday without watching NASCAR for about maybe nine years now, something like that. Yeah, probably roughly about nine years at this point. But it really, I had watched NASCAR, but it just, you know, I knew what was going on. But it's like me and golf. It's like whatever. At, at least it used to be. And then it was love at first sight when I was at Indianapolis Motor Speedway at the Brickyard. I was like, wait, I like that guy. He's everything. And that kind of solidified my love for the sport. And again, there was just something about Tony. Tony is a racer's racer. He's a man's man. Mm-hmm, he is. I agree with that. Yeah, I like the wickedness. I like the aggressiveness. I like the attitude. I like the get out my effing way. There are things that I like about him that he's like my spirit animal, if that makes sense. Like I always say, I'm way better than what I used to be. But yeah, I probably would take off my helmet and throw it at a car. Yeah. In friendly competition. (laughs) (laughs) So Tony is my favorite driver. I will always have a connection to that situation because 
simultaneously, it was like I really got into NASCAR and he was the driver that really kind of solidified like, yeah, I really love NASCAR. And that's awesome. I remember going to Joe Gibbs Racing. This had to be like six years ago. And I got an opportunity to sit down with the boss man himself, Joe Gibbs, and his son, JD, and a few other people who work at Joe Gibbs. And I remember sitting in this conference room talking to Joe Gibbs, and he let me try on his Super Bowl ring. That's a whole story. I don't think I've ever shared that story here on the podcast. Maybe I'll find the photos from that day. He also gave me his book. He autographed it. and. I remember walking in, seeing Tony's photos and his trophy from when he won the championship when he was at Joe Gibbs Racing. There was just this awe feeling. And their drivers, as you guys know, I'm a huge Clint Boyer fan. And it's mainly because I like Clint's personality. Not so much. I can't really say I'm in awe with Clint as a driver. I just like his personality. But I am in awe with Tony as a driver. That's why he's my favorite driver. When we put this question out there, we really told people that they didn't have to limit who their favorite driver was to just NASCAR. It could be an IndyCar driver. It could be a Formula One driver. I've been around a few drivers, whether it's Scott Pruitt or I've actually right. Al Unsner. I mean, actually, you you met Al, right? No? Al Unsner Jr.? Yeah, I think I did one time with you. I, I was with you, as a matter of fact. I've actually been around that guy a couple of times, which is crazy. I've actually been around him, got a chance to hang out and interview him in Kentucky, as well as Indianapolis. I've been around my fair share of drivers that are not NASCAR drivers. But yeah, no, Tony's my guy. That's pretty much that. Right on. There you go. You guys tweet us your favorite drivers. And if you have forgot, we will remind you, you can catch us on all social media across the board at Turns No Breaks. That's on Twitter, Facebook, and the IG as an Instagram. Again, that is Turns No Breaks. Where else do we need to talk about before we close the show? And of course, as we told you guys from the beginning, this show is a little bit different than most of our shows. We're not going to do a fan comment of the week because our fans have spoken. They have given us their favorite driver. So without further ado, I guess we can just go on to Sonoma and give some predictions. Sonoma and the predictions. My favorite portion of the show, Tam. It's time for Tam and Renee's race predictions. Renee, who you got? All right. This is who I got. And I'm going to stick with my guns here. Because I said I'm not going to start picking any of the drivers to win until somebody else other than Kyle Busch and Harvick win. And when Truex won the week before, I was like, that's it. There you go. Now I can start picking some other drivers (laughs) other than Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick. I do believe that probably one of those guys, Kevin Harvick or Kyle Busch, might come back and actually win another race in possibly Sonoma. But I'm going to go out on a limb here. And I'm going to say... That without even just stuttering this guy's name, don't ask me why, but I am picking Denny Hamlin to come out and win at Sonoma. I don't know why. I go on gut feelings. I just go off of vibes. And something about Denny Hamlin just has me thinking that he's going to pull one out. 
Now, I would love to see one of these young, uh, younger drivers come out of the woodwork and win one. I would love to see Chase Elliott finally get a, a doggone win, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think he may come close, but I'm picking Denny Hamlin to come out and win the checkered flag in this race in Sonoma. That's my pick, and I'm sticking to it. And I'm going to tell you something, though, real quick. If I could get an alternative pick, I almost forgot. I'm going to go with Chase Elliott. Okay, those are Renee's picks. I don't know if you should stick to Chase Elliott as his alternative, but I guess he has no choice. <laughs> yep. History lesson as I give you guys every week before I give you my predictions. Past 10 winners at Sonoma. We race once a year at Sonoma. 2008, your boy Kyle Busch was the winner. 2009, Casey Kane. 2010, Jimmy Johnson. 2011, Kurt Busch. 2012, Clint Boyer. 2013, Martin Truex Jr. 2014, Cousin Carl Edwards. 2015 was a Bush, and I think that was a Kyle Bush. This is kind of like when I write Ryan, and I don't write Ryan Newman or Ryan Truex. 2016 (laughs) was Tony Stewart, and I remember that because I almost lost my, you know what? When I saw him win in his final year of racing. And last year's winner at Sonoma was Kevin Harvick. Okay, so on that note, I'm going to give you guys some notables. Kyle Busch is the only current driver that has repeated as a winner at Sonoma. He's won two times on the road course. Matt Kenseth. This is notable because, first of all, I saw a tweet and it triggered something and then I started looking and was reading and backtracking. I was like, holy crap, we forget that Matt Kenseth, is Matt Kenseth the only grandfather that's racing? You know what? I am not sure. Matt Kenseth's son is old and he just had a kid. Either he just had it or his wife is about to have a kid. That's crazy when you think about it. That is crazy. It's crazy because when you look at Kyle Larson and his son Owen and you look at Kyle Bush and his son and Clint Boyer and Cash, yeah, and Harvick and his two little ones. And to think Mackenzie's son is old enough where he's having a baby. That's just bananas. But saying all that to say, this is notable because Mackenzie has raced at Sonoma 18 times. He's participated in 18 races at Sonoma. That's pretty wild. Kevin Harvick and Kurt Busch have also raced in 17 races. Well, I shouldn't say also, but they've raced in 17 races. Jimmy Johnson and Ryan Newman, I got the right Ryan this time, they've raced in 16 races at Sonoma and Jamie McMurray has raced in 15 races at Sonoma. I mentioned that Kyle Busch is the only current driver with multiple wins at Sonoma. Clint and Kurt Busch, they have seven top fives at Sonoma. And Kurt Busch, believe it or not, has led the most laps out of the current drivers at Sonoma with 197 laps. Saying all that to say, because I know you guys are ready for my predictions, I have three names that are rattling in my brain. One is Kurt Busch. Second name is his brother, Kyle Busch. And the third name is Kyle Larson. Now, who I'm going to pick? I named three people. I can only pick one as my winner and one as my alternative. I'm feeling like Kurt Busch may show us something because he hasn't been racing bad at all. 
lately. I think Kurt wants some of that love that his teammates, Clint Boyer and Kevin Harvick, have been displaying as of lately. Love as in the love that they've received winning all those races. Well, Clint's only won two races this year, but we know Kevin has won a few. So I think Kurt wants in. He obviously has one win this season, but I feel like he wants in on another win. So I'm going to pick Kurt Busch as my winner. And my alternative, I kind of want to go with Kyle, but I'm feeling like Kyle Busch still is not done. So Kyle is my alternative. So those are my picks, Renee. Well, and those are Tam's picks and she's going to stick with them. And those are my picks. Tell us who you think is going to win. Tell us who your alternative pick is going to be. Like Tam said, you can hit us across the board, but more than anything else, we want to thank you so much for listening each and every week to our podcast. Make sure to search for All Turns No Breaks on Apple Podcasts if you have an iPhone or Google Play if you are on an Android. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Please don't forget to hit the subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode of All Turns No Breaks. You can also find the podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have friends that love NASCAR like me and Tam, make sure to turn them on to All Turns No Breaks. We'd love to have them on. Tell at least two friends to subscribe to All Turns No Breaks. You can also Find us across the board on Twitter, Facebook, and the IG, which is Instagram. If you want NASCAR news directly into your email inbox, head over to our website, alternsnobreaks.com, and sign up for our newsletter. For Tam and myself, thanks for joining us, and we look forward to talking NASCAR each and every week with you guys. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 